You know, as we didn't meet last week, uh, there is plenty going on in our world. Did you notice? Lots. If you are on any social media platform, if you're on any, watch any news site, um, I feel like the culture that we live in, we just keep going through this cycle of the same things, right? And, and, and everything from just being tired of it to learning to, and we could just go on and on, but pandemic, racial tension to uh, all kinds of things, uh, mass shootings again, just a lot of things going on in our world. And we continue to come back to this place every Sunday and talk about what it is that we're doing here, right? Because, because when you, when you look at all the things that are happening and we've been talking about this for weeks, that the answers are not out there to the problems that are out there. Am I making sense? That, that if there was ever a time for the church to paint a different picture of what reality can be, it's now. But, but, I, but I, just, I just want to confess, as you know, and as you've heard me say so many times, is that you and I, we're, we're not going to pull that off by trying harder. There's a lot of people trying a lot of things and trying hard. We need something altogether different. And, and I just, I want to go before we dive back into Colossians, and we'll get there because it ties into this. But as a follower of Jesus, how, how do you, how do we be together and yet begin to answer the questions that are actually out there, that are actually being asked by the world that we find ourselves in because we gather and we celebrate and we participate in, in the communion and the baptism and the elements. But when we take that and go, right, that was the Lord's command to go into the world. The reason that Redeemer City Church exists is to share and spread the liberating power of the gospel. That, that is our why for being here. And then we talk about the ways that we carry that out, right? We love God, vision up. We share good news, vision in. And then we serve our city, vision out. And and. Those are the ways we carry it out, but, but at the core of who we are as God's people, we're, we're carrying the mantle that he brought, right? That's Luke chapter 4, where he said, I have come to set the captive free, to proclaim the year of God's favor. And then he looked his disciples in the eye and said, go make disciples of all nations, and I'll be with you. And so as, as you sit here, or you watch online, or you listen to the sound of my voice this week, as, as you're doing that, bear in mind that, that we're not just here for kicks and giggles. We're not just here to build our brand. We're not just here to 
make a lot of money and have a lot of toys and do. No, no, no. It's none of that. You're here for a purpose. And, and as I was thinking about that this week and just, you know, it's a surreal thing to have a, whatever it is, a virus that has killed millions of people. It's just a surreal experience to be laying there in your bed, feeling like you're half dead, and being like, is this it? Is this how I'm going down with a virus? Really? I can think of a lot more exotic ways to go. But you do, you sit there and you think like millions of people. Life is short, right? And we, we know that. But, but I want you to think with me in these moments what does the church do? What do we do that's different from the world? If you have a Bible, this will not be on the screen because this is just coming from me, from my heart, is in Romans chapter 12. So if you have a Bible or a phone, if you're watching online, grab one. And I just, I just want to walk through a little bit of this because we do have a different answer. You know, Paul told the church in Corinth that we are to be his ministers of reconciliation. That, that we're to be his ambassadors. We're to be Christ's ambassadors. So what does it look like for us to go into the world and be his people, to be his ambassadors, to be his ministers of reconciliation? What does that look like? How do we respond? Can I, can I remind you that for most of the writing that Paul did, he was in prison or he was running from people or he was just beaten or just over and over and over. And so, so this, is, this is not a guy writing who's never been through some stuff. He's been on the receiving end of a lot of different prejudice, a lot of different abuse, a lot of different things. And he's writing and, and he's, he's telling us that we have a different identity, that we have a different call in the world. And so uh, in verses 1 and 2, you know them well if you are familiar with Scripture. If not, I just encourage you to read Romans chapter 12. But we're, we're told to not conform to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What is the will of God that you would not conform to the world, but that you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Because that is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. What does that look like? What does it look like when grace goes in? What comes out? What comes out? Look at, look at this with me. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, right, the church, everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Can I be honest with you? There's a lot of people who have a lot of answers. If I just get on social media or if I get on the news, I just, I hear, I hear, I hear all kinds of chat, 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 chat. Lots of talk, 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 right? And we're looking around going, I mean, we're, we're hundreds of years into some of these problems. <laughs> we're, we're two years into other problems. You don't have an answer. <laughs> the world doesn't have 
an answer for the things we're going through. I mean, that verse alone, that, that we ought not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. If we could just have the Holy Spirit get that right in us, we'd be well on our way, wouldn't we? But he keeps going. He says, but to think with sober judgment. What is sober judgment? It doesn't mean turning on your favorite channel or getting on your favorite influencer or getting on anything else and deciding what you think will help you. That is not sober judgment. What, what is Paul talking about? He's talking about going back to the renewing of your mind. Time with Jesus, time in his word, time with his people, Time praying by yourself, with your family, with other people, in community. It, the, these are the things that God said would change the world. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in, and here it is, this is, this is, the, this is the thing we've been talking about. For as in one body, we have many members. One body, many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. This is the first difference that a church has that the world doesn't have. Though being many, diverse, we are one in Christ. Though we're many, we're one. And we don't all have the same function. But listen to this. And individually, members of one another. Why do we talk about the fact that you were made for community? This is why. Not because it's a a catchphrase, but because literally what Paul's saying here is you are interdependent on each other. I am interdependent on you. You are interdependent on me. If you're watching online, you're interdependent with the people that are here. One body. And here's how that expresses itself. Verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If it's prophecy in proportion to our faith. If service in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts. In his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. In John 17, Jesus prayed that. (laughs) He prayed that we would be one and that the world would see that and know Jesus through that. That, That's the way that they would know. But this all leads up to verse 9, which is the difference in how we react to the world. The difference in how we live in the world. Super important. Listen to this. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. 
Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. How about this one? Outdo one another in showing honor. That's not happening. I mean, about that, outdoing one another with honor. <laughs> we're, all, we're all about outdoing one another and tearing each other down. That's, that's the world. That's the world that we live in, right? It's, I'm right, you're wrong, and you should celebrate me. Need a, need a different option for the world right now. And you and I, us, together, we are the option. And so when we talk about praying for God to bring people to this place that we could be together, that we could disciple each other, that we could grow in Christ together, there's a reason for that because we are the way God said that he would reach the world. So for Tampa Heights, for Seminole Heights, for South Tampa, for downtown, for East Tampa, for West Tampa, for those things, it, it is God's people. It's you and I. You live in Brandon now, throw that in. This is how God does his work. That's why I love 1 Corinthians 1, 27 so much. Because we need that, don't we? God chooses the weak things of the world to shame the strong. That's me. Right? And so, so there's things that God laid out for us that we ought to be about. He keeps going though. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Constant in prayer. I love that story where the disciples come to Jesus and they, they couldn't help this one guy. And they're like, man, we, we, just, we couldn't help this guy. He, he had a demon and we've cast out demons before. And we just couldn't just couldn't help this guy. What's the deal? And Jesus looked at him and goes, well, first of all, you don't have enough faith. That was kind of common for them. Can anybody identify with the disciples on that one? And then he said, this kind, this kind of thing, this kind of demon can only be cast out with prayer and fasting. Okay, can I make a suggestion to all of us that call Redeemer City Church. See, the Bible tells me to shepherd the flock of God among me. So I'm not going to speak to everybody else. But for those of you that call Redeemer home, can I just make a suggestion that we pray more than we offer answers? Let's be real. We don't have answers to coronavirus. I can find you doctors right now on both sides of the issue who are way smarter than me with lots more letters behind their name than me that say the complete opposite thing. Let me give you an example. So I tested positive and then I felt like death and got one of those little teledoc appointments, right? So sitting there with the doctor, she's very helpful, helps me get this plan, moving forward, sleeping, doing all the COVID things, Right. And then Camden tests positive, my wife. She gets a teledoc appointment with a different doctor, completely different plan of attack. <laughs> You're like, wait. So my doctor's saying, no, 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 this is how you get better. Her doctor, this is how you get better. And 
news. This is how you get better. And you're like, and then other news. You're going to die, right? Like, you're like, but it's, it's, a, it's a small window into the world that we live in, isn't it? So we come back to saying, like, renew your mind. We trust God, right? We trust God. And, then, and, then, and what does that mean? Pray, right? What does it mean to be constant in prayer? Does that describe your prayer life? It doesn't describe mine. Man, constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Seek to show hospitality. Seek to show it. And then it gets worse. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Never. In the coon house, when Kim and I fight, we're not allowed to use words like never and always. It's a good marriage tip, by the way. Early in our marriage, we watched this, we watched this thing on marriage, and it was about like, we don't call it fighting either. We call it intense fellowship. You know what I'm saying? We're just loving each other well, having some intense fellowship. <laughs> But early in our marriage, we were, we literally would talk about this thing and like we would like, like in a football game where you were allowed to like take a yellow something and just throw it at the other person. Like that's a flag. Like you're not allowed to say that. And some of y'all need to do that. But I I sometimes feel like we need to do that in the world and be like, whoa, (laughs) that's a flag. But here, here Paul says, never be wise in your own sight. Why would he say that? Because the heart's deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? So it goes back to don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If possible, verse 18, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. By doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What's good? What is strong enough to overcome the evil in our culture. What is good and what is strong enough to overcome evil in our culture? Good news, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ. News, an announcement that there is a different option, that there's an alternative to what's being pumped to people. So important. But there's a spiritual discipline in the middle of all that that's really difficult, and it's called waiting. Sometimes around here we say it this way, already, but not yet. We already have everything we need in Christ, but we don't have everything we need yet. Because our flesh, our sin, gets in the way. I think one of my favorite scriptures that references Waiting is Isaiah 40, 
31. I want you to just think about waiting in this, right? As we're here and we're waiting and we're watching and we're praying and we're constant in prayer and we're clinging to what is good. We're holding fast to what is good. We're abhorring what is evil. We're navigating that. We're doing that together. All of the things within the life of the church, we're making all of those steps. What does waiting look like? I think oftentimes we think of waiting as some kind of passive, passive sitting back. That's not what is described here. Listen to this. If you were to go back to verse uh, 28, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases his strength. Every, even youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall fall exhausted. Then here it is. But they who wait on the Lord. Okay, so, so now we're waiting on the Lord. You see people who are tired of the things going on in our culture. And they're saying those things. I'm tired. I'm over it. Listen to this. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jerome talked last week online about pressing forward, about forgetting what's behind and moving forward to what God has called us to. And so we, again, we we talk about this thing that God's called us to. And how do we... Press on to that. We wait for the Lord. And while we're waiting for the Lord, we do those things for which the Lord has called us to do. Like Jerome talked about last week. And so from the Old Testament prophet's perspective, that means renewing your strength. Didn't we just read that in Romans 12? Renew your mind. It says... Mount up with wings like eagles. Paul would tell the church in Ephesus that they're in a spiritual battle. And that they need to to put on all the armor of God. Because Satan's walking about looking whom he can devour. And you look like a great candidate, by the way. Are you aware of that? that? That Satan hates you and wants your demise. And he'd love nothing better than for you to walk out of the church. He would love that. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. All things in the New Testament will bear out what it looks like. Paul would say, run the race with endurance. He would ask another group of people who cut in on you and caused you to stumble. So many things that just run through my mind. As we think about what God's called Redeemer City Church to do right here in Tampa Heights. Like you look at the national scale of our problems. And you zero that down in here to where we call home. And all of those same things are happening here where we call home. Just last night I saw on the news a protest right down here in the park, downtown. 
because our friends who are black or brown feel like we're not listening. And are you aware that in Romans 12, it didn't say anything about agreeing with the steps forward to solve the problem? It didn't say that, did it? It said, never be wise in your own sight. James would tell us that we would be better off to do less talking and more listening. Now I'm stepping on somebody's toes, <laughs> including my own, right? Like, but listen, we can't, we can't just start giving answers because that's not what the Bible has called us to do. It says, don't conform to the world, exercise sober judgment, which is, which always takes longer than we want it to. You need to do a whole lot more listening and learning and praying, so much so that we're constant in prayer. You know, we've been studying in Colossians, and in Colossians chapter 2, remember Colossae is this young church, and by the time you get to chapter 2, verse 16, which is where we're going to be here in a second, if you want to join me, these scriptures will be on the screen, I believe. But there are things, there are counterfeits to what we believe that get in our way. That get in our way. I want to I give you three of them and, and have a little bit of fun with it. Um, because I think all of us are prone to struggle with all three of these things. And I just also want to point out the Bible so relevant to everything that we face. That an ancient book would always have answers for us. And so in Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, we again come back to this thing, right? Where Paul says to this group of Christians, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. What is the measure by which everything we come back to? It's against Christ. It gets measured against Jesus. That's why we really sometimes say around here that if you just wanted to strip everything down and boil it down, we just say, the vision is Jesus. <laughs> like, like if, I don't, if I don't have an answer for you, I do know that I can just point you to the guy. Jesus, and you're going to be fine. But as, as we sit with that, that no one takes you captive by any philosophy or deceitful scheme, I want to talk about three of those real quick, and then we'll spend some time praying. But look at verse 16. And 17, it says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are, listen to this, a shadow of things to come. But the substance 
belongs to Christ. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Such an important thing, you know, as I think about Christianity, as I think about human beings in general, you know, there, there are two things that a lot of times are what trip us up. Like we can, we can boil a lot of our problems down into, into a couple things, but two of them are diets and days, right? Diets and days. What can I eat? What can I drink? What should I celebrate? Right? Like, let, let me, let me give you just a couple examples of what that, what that's like. Think, think about all the different ways. Like, let's just say you have a friend who's Jewish and you want to have them over for dinner. There are things that you need to know before you make them dinner. Or they're going to show up and they're not going to eat your dinner that you worked hard on, right? Because there are certain diets and days that they observe that you may not. Maybe you have a friend who is Muslim. There are certain diets and certain days that they will do certain things. Maybe you have a Christian friend. Maybe you are a Christian. There are certain diets and days, right? I'm going to get to those touchy ones in a second. Maybe you have a friend who's vegan. Not sure what that means yet. But they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna not eat certain things. I, mean, I was I was on I had a lot of time on my hands last week, if you didn't know. <laughs> and I was like scrolling through Instagram and there's this one guy who is advocating for a carnivore diet, all meat, and everybody else is an idiot, this guy's saying, because you know, our ancestors for Millions of years have eaten meat. And then you scroll a little farther and you get a sponsored ad about a plant-based doctor. And he's a plant-based doctor. And I'm like, this guy says, eat all meat or you're going to die. This guy says, eat all plants or you're going to die. I'm like, I'm going to die. <laughs> There's, how about I eat both? <laughs> but I'm just, it's always like that. There's just all this answer, 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 answer. I could go on and on and on, but, but let, let's make it more personal to us that call Jesus Lord. Let, let, let's think about Christmas. The red guy in a coat being sensitive for those of you online, right? Celebrate or not Celebrate. Let's talk about Easter. Bunny or no bunny? Eggs or no eggs? Uh, let's, let's go farther. Halloween. Demons or no demons? I'm just kidding. Right. right, like diets and days, right? Let's talk about alcohol. To do or not to do. Diets and days, like th these are things that, you know, when you really start to boil it down, like we, we get so lost and caught up in those things that we as Christians, we're not answering the questions the world is asking. Out in the world, when they look at the church, remember Jesus said he prayed for that it would be by our love for one another that they would see Jesus and know Jesus by our love for one another. And when they look in to the church, a lot of times they see us arguing about those things 
instead of being constant in prayer, outdoing one another and showing honor, loving each other, discipling each other, praying for each other, praying with each other. All of these things that God has already laid out for the church to do and we don't do them. And then we wonder why the world don't want anything to do with us. That's why. So, so this first one in here and is called legalism. If you're, if you're not familiar with churchy terms or doctrinal terms, um, legalism is, let me, let me just say it this way, if, if you just need some help figuring out what that is. It's, it's God's opinions plus my opinions. It's God's rules plus my rules. It's God's word plus my first and second opinions, right? So we take what is good and we take it too far. So let me, let me give you an example. Uh, legalism, let's just call him Larry, legalistic Larry. He uh, starts out fine, right? Follow me. Normally it starts, there's a temptation. He struggles with the temptation. Is that okay or not okay? Do you struggle with temptation? Yeah, of course you do. I do too. That's okay. So Larry creates a rule for himself. You ever do that? I'm struggling with this. I'm going to do this. You know what we're talking about, right? Every New Year's, millions of people do it, and then they don't do it, right? So we say, this year, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. And we create a rule for that. And we say every day, boom, boom, boom. Or we say, I'm going to eat better. We create a plan for that. Boom, boom, boom. Right? Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah, it's okay. Where legalism becomes not okay is when we make a rule for a temptation that we have struggled with. And then we say, now you're going to follow it. Mitch struggles with this. Mitch has created a rule for this. And now, Jerome, you have a rule for this. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's the way it goes. And so Paul's saying here, don't let anyone pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink. Or with regard to a festival or a new moon. So if you want to celebrate Halloween, go for it. You want to have an Easter egg hunt? Go for it. The Coons have one every Easter. You want to give credit to somebody else for all the presents? Go for it. Pray for me. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's, we take the things that we do and we project them onto other people. God's rules plus my rules. <laughs> Can I give you some, some more examples? We're not going to unpack these because I don't have time. But let, like, like, think about this. Bible translations. Which one's the best? You just Google that and you have a good time this afternoon. All right? See all kinds of people with some opinions. They are not answers. We already said alcohol. That's one. Man, I'll... <laughs> quick, quick. I'll never forget the first time I read that, like, as an adult, that the first miracle Jesus ever performed was to make wine. It's like, what? Jesus? What? What? Let's, since we're being personal, how about kids' education? Homeschool, public school, private school, Christian school? Huh? What's the best? What does God want? He wants them to be educated. <laughs> What's the best? I don't know. 
<laughs> I've tried them all. <laughs> I think my kids are still just sinners. <laughs> Nobody seems to be able to fix them. Go farther, political party. All right, I'm done. Five problems with legalism, and then I'll stop and we'll come back next week and talk about the next ones. Here's five problems with legalism. Fear. It's based in fear, and the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. Back to that sober judgment. Prison. It's enslaving. It's enslaving. And Jesus said he came to set the captive free. Freedom. Uniformity. We just read about the great diversity in the body of Christ. The diversity that God's created in the world was on purpose for a purpose. God made black people to be black. He made white people to be white. He made brown people to be brown. And it's beautiful. It's the handiwork of God. It's the creativity of God. And all of those cultures and all of their expressions don't need to conform to one. They need to be all of us who God's created us to be. And at the throne room of grace laid out in Revelation, it says that every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be there worshiping at the feet of Jesus. So don't get caught in this narrative of division that's in our world right now. God loves everybody. He loves everybody. And humans are going to mess that up. And it's on full display in our country. And I want you to know that we have messed it up. And it's okay to admit that we've messed it up. And it's okay to admit that we need to do things differently in certain ways and places and times. Uniformity is legalistic. You be like me is not God's design. It's joyless and it's rebellious. Both things that are against what God has said. Let me, let me say it to you this way. This week, have your preferences. That's fine. But don't let them become your prejudices. Did you catch that? Have your preferences. Follow your convictions. But don't let them become your prejudices. God's laws are for everyone. Your rules are for you. Fair enough? I want to take a minute to pray here. And actually, Jerome, I want you to come up too and grab the other mic. I, I just take two minutes here and pray. And so, Kevin, we're not going to, where are you at? I'm not going to do the last song. Just going to cut the, cut the time here. Because I just feel like in this moment that we're in, uh, the church being constant in prayer has the opportunity to paint a different picture. Right? That the way God has designed his world and his church is that we would be one. That we would be one. And so, super important. And just as we navigate as a culture, coronavirus and racial unrest, and, you know, even this week as, you know, we watched more people die in complicated things, and as we have that police officer in Minnesota on trial, and this week will be an important week for that. 
Just that, that there's a God who's sitting above it all, who loves every single one of those people and cares about every single one of those people. And we want to pray. We want to pray. And so would you pray for us and then I'll close and then we'll call it a morning.